Doctor, come on, what, what? Always do the right thing. Get away from her, you bitch! <laughs> Shit just got real. Better alive, you're coming with me. Samsonite! I was way off. Welcome to Very Famous Movie Podcast. I'm Sean Robb. I'm John Valley, And I am Robert Jordan Hunt. You better hold on to your butts, because this week we're sucking neck with Nicolas Cage on Vampire's Kiss. That's right, we are talking about the 1988 cult classic Vampire's Kiss, directed by Robert Bierman and Joseph Mignon. Jordan, tell us about Vampire's Kiss. What's the synopsis? What the hell is this movie about? Well, essentially, uh, after an encounter with a neckbiter, a publishing executive, played by Nicolas Cage, thinks that he's turning into... A vampire. Oh, spooky. A neck biter, huh? A neck Classic. Biter. Well, so what did you think? I mean, everybody's talked about this movie. It's the movie that has spawned 90% of Nicolas Cage's uh, unforgettable memes. Mm-hmm. Um, does it live up to the the meme, uh, the memification? Does it does it live up to it? What did you uh, think about the neck biter? Yes, I think it lives up to it and surpasses it. This movie is insane. It's wild. Nicolas Cage is... Absurd in the extreme, but it is fascinating. It is mm. uh, hilarious. I, mm. I I really like this movie. Is it a good movie? I'm not 100% sure of that, but I think okay. it's insanely watchable, and uh, Cage is fascinating. Okay. That's, that's what you think. That is what I think. Nothing else. <laughs> no, that's it. That's, that's all my thoughts. All right. Well, you know, let's just pass it over to uh, Sean Robb here. What did you think of the, the 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 film? Well, okay. So listen, I love this movie. I've seen it several times in my life. It's always been enjoyable. Uh, written by Joseph Minion, who actually wrote Scorsese's After Hours. Mm. Uh, another great kind of frantic New York movie yeah. with really eccentric performances and characters. Uh, he also did a movie called Motorama, which is also really bizarre and strange. But the kind of the history of this movie and what went into it and sort of the darkness that it like lives in while simultaneously sort of being a slapstick comedy in, yeah. a, in, a, in a really bizarre way that's it's difficult to explain. I mean, it, it, it kind of goes without saying that Cage's performance in this movie is one of his most unhinged, I think. Um, and it really was a huge gamble for him at that point in his career. Yeah. Um, he's kind of riding the wave off of like Moonstruck and stuff. Um, and then he jumps into this project. Everyone was telling him not to do this movie. Right. And he really, yes, I think originally he had agreed to do it and then backed away. Yeah. And then I guess months later came back and decided like, Hey, I actually do want to do this. Cause I think they had initially cast Dennis Quaid, which is which really is crazy, Quaid. which is really weird. And, and, it does not compute as far as no. performance now when you see the Nicolas Cage version. Um, but apparently he dropped off of Vampire's Kiss to do Inner Space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he made the right choice Good for call. his yes, career. He but did. He did. Good call. I just, there's a lot to unpack in this movie in my mind. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. really weird. And I don't know how much of it is intentional or not. Right. Um, but much like a movie like American Psycho, like the, the Peter Lowe character is sort of this. Just disgusting, misogynist, yuppie, like, like faux academic, who's like living this life of. He's got like a posh British accent or, or a hint yeah, of one. It, it, is it? It's a. Uh, <laughs> is it a no, British I accent? I know. I know. I don't know. It's, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's him sort of feigning this like elevated status with this like stupid accent, and as the movie goes on, it, you kind of 
once you get used to it a little bit, you start to recognize that part of the character is this man is completely fucking nuts. Yes. And every part of his life is sort of insane. And and he's clearly losing it in a lot of ways, which all of the they, ways. they kind of allude to early on, but as it goes on, they kind of it's sort of a mystery as as to whether or not he is becoming a vampire <laughs> or not. But once he's reached his full potential, that's when it really kicks off into the sort of like German expressionism. And the, you know, you see, there's a scene where he's watching Nosferatu. <laughs> and then shortly after yes. that, he, he is replicating those I same know. movements yes. and facial expressions. And that's sort of, you know, the, where all the memes come from. And I obviously the memes are funny because it's such an extreme look. And Nicolas Cage is known for his outlandish performances, but the amount that he got away with on this movie kind of makes it even more special to me. I understand <laughs> people not liking it, but yeah, you know, just the craziness of him trying to get a real bat into the room, um, <laughs> him eating a cockroach for real against the the basically the advice of everybody else on right. set. Well, and they just they even lied to Peter. I was like, oh, the cockroach was fine, right? And so there's a lot of strangeness, and it's just that era of New York that just feels yeah. tough and kind of grimy and scary, and the nightlife is is sort of unpredictable. And I, and you know, so much of that movie was just shot on the street with you know Cage civilians, to people own, just walking yeah. by, and him dragging a stake down the road covered in blood, and real people <laughs> just yelling, "I'm a vampire! Yeah. I'm a vampire!" So I think there's a lot of cool, weird energy in this movie. I yeah. don't expect a lot of people to love it, but for me, it stands out as like just a really wild and interesting idea, punctuated by one of the most unhinged performances of Cage's career. I yeah, guess. people love this movie, and and I had I had never seen it. I thought that I had, but I was mistaking it for uh, the Jim Carrey movie Once Bitten. <laughs> Uh, so oh, I was that's very, very similar. Surprised. Very I similar. I was very surprised when this movie started, <laughs> and it blew me away because it is so. Uh, there is a very like fertile cult following. It gets played a couple times a year here in Austin. It oh, feels yeah. like at some of the revival theaters. Um, but boy, I am just. I was so bummed. I really did not like this movie. Aww. And uh, as I've sat with it a few days afterwards, it, it's just. It seems so like problematic while you're watching it. It's Aww. it's really like tough to get through. Not in the way that American Psycho is, where it is very like clear and focused as to who this character is and where like where your allegiances are supposed to be. And not that I don't like a challenging movie from time to time. Sure, but this just felt very sloppy. Aww. And then when you look into it and hear some of the commentary like you know nick nick cage and the director didn't really know what they were doing they were just kind right. of they admitted outright they're like you yeah, we're just trying stuff like yeah. We, yeah. we didn't really intend for this movie to be this like this kind of uh covert uh indictment of you know yuppie uh new york high class rollers yeah and I just found myself asking while watching, it's like, who the fuck was this movie made for? Yeah. Like who went like I I think it was a somewhat of a a flop. When it oh, came it was out. a huge was, flop. Yeah, no, it, it was a, a massive. But I was just shocked. And like, I, I love Nick Cage. I love his wild performances, but this felt so out of place. Like, you know, it wasn't matching anybody else in the cast. And so it, yeah. it, it just like felt like he was kind of fucking around while everybody else was trying to do good work. Cause the movie, the movie looks really good. Yeah. And it's a super interesting concept, but the execution in my opinion was very sloppy. I, I thought like, 
80% of the story was really missing. That moment you were talking about where he's dragging this stake through the streets and kind of going crazy, that stuff is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like all of that stuff when he's like talking to the corner of a building and he thinks he's having this parallel conversation with his therapist. Psychiatrist, yeah, therapist. Yeah, yeah like that stuff was fascinating. And I <laughs> wish the whole movie would have been more about that and like seeing this, this uh, you know, rich guy sort of like, get really down into the muck and, you know, kind of turn into this animal like much sooner. I wanted to see the consequences of that because for the majority of the movie, you're just watching this repetition of this scene of him yelling at his assistant <laughs> yeah. to find this stupid file that he doesn't even need. Right. And that he's been told that there's no rush on. There's no specifically. rush on it. Yeah. <laughs> And so he's just attacking this woman the whole time. And I'm like, where's this going? Where's this going? This better like lead to something. Uh, the woman played by the great Maria Conchita Alonso. Yes. Uh, Predator 2, The Running Man. She's great. Yes, yeah, she's yeah. an incredible performer. And she just gets like beat on the whole time. And it, it basically culminates with like him kind of uh, sexually assaulting her, mm-hmm. and w- which then leads to his uh, uh, ultimate death. Yeah, her, and her brother. Yeah, there's revenge. just no like, there was like kind of no reason for why we spent all that time with him yelling at her. And yeah, we get these like really fun moments. And again, these like meme shots, like while you're watching it, you're like, Oh, I feel like I've seen this movie because every shot out of one of these sequences was turned into a meme, but the actual meat of it is, was really insufferable in my opinion. I I thought, uh, you know, like the, the boohoo part when he's like crying (laughs) boohoo. Love it. He just literally said, he's like, I wanted to see if I could actually be convincing crying saying boohoo. And the right. answer is no. <laughs> right. Uh, but they committed to it. But what a choice. It. See, and it's interesting, John. Like, everything you're saying, I really can't disagree with. Like, yeah. in all honesty, I really can't. Like, what did you think was funny about it? Well, Nick Nicholas Cage. Straight yeah. up. Like, he is the fascinating... He is this movie. Right. Like Definitely. He, he, he is the movie, but... I just think that a, a, a more apt title would have been Vampire Sucks. <laughs> Well, wow. it's, it's, it's interesting, like everything you're saying, like I said, I can't disagree with. And I remember I'd only seen this movie once before mm. and it was a pretty ideal circumstances. Me and a couple of buddies were on cloud nine. It's late at night. We had a blast. I love that bar. But uh, before watching this and I watched it on a Saturday morning, I think it started at Saturday at 1130 in the morning. Um, I was kind okay. of, I was not looking forward to it because like my memory, I remember liking it, but I was like, this is going to, it's going to feel like a chore, I guess, because um, I'd just been thinking of it as like this cult movie. Like the only thing good was Nicolas Cage. All this hype. You better like it. Right. But. You don't like it. You're I, not cool. I have to say like watching it, I was, I was enthralled. I was laughing. I was engaged. And again, it's Cage. It, 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 he's the whole reason why I like this movie. And we love Cage. He's just making I love so it. many insane choices that it makes up f- for me for whatever else, whatever failings the movie has, which is plenty. But I but don't know, a, man. Like, like, what's a funny moment in it? Like, what jumps out at you? It's just like, holy shit, this is like classic comedy. I mean, honestly, as terrible as it is, not classic comedy. I'm not saying it's classic comedy, but like when he, anytime he's Alt berating, <laughs> anytime he's berating um, Alva, like especially like in the car, oh, yeah. I'm ju- I'm crying laughing. I mean, it's, it's, it's not funny in a ha-ha sense. Right. It's, it's just like, this the, is the, insane. The comedy for me comes out of, really is like his performance and his facial expressions and weird yeah. physical choices that he, he makes in it. And again, you are not wrong to think that this movie is not incredible. I don't think this is like Nicolas Cage's greatest film. No. 
Uh, although he no, has said that it really... is, is the movie he still enjoys the most that he's yes. ever done. Because he just people had love it. free reign. He right. can do whatever he wanted. But I, I do think there is, and whether it was an intentional thing or not, there is this underlying narrative that clearly he's a very lonely man who's obsessed with love, but he's such a shitty person that nobody will he's fall in love, love him. with him. Yeah. And that's kind of what's like triggering his like crazy misogyny and leads him down this path of just completely losing it. Mm. And yeah, we don't know exactly what happened before that. We're kind of catching the initial downslope and insanity. And I think that the movie is really, does really benefit from the fact that it is just a man going nuts. Yes. It is just a guy completely losing touch with reality to the point where he thinks he's a fucking vampire. (laughs) So I think if they had gone a route where, oh, Nicolas Cage is actually Renfield to this uh, Jennifer Beals character, play, uh, Rachel is her name. If he was the Renfield, which he kind of is in this movie, he's kind of a Renfield guy. He's eating bugs. He's kind of living in, in squalor and, and just like uh, kind of calling, tending to her every beck and call. And yeah. even though she's just completely made up and they, they make that fairly obvious early on when he yes, brings right. her coffee in the morning <laughs> and he's just sitting there and his hand's shaking, shaking and there's nobody else there. Yeah. It's like, okay, that alone makes his performance even more enjoyable to me because it is like, oh, this isn't a normal guy becoming a vampire. This is a, a very in, uh, unwell man and we're just watching him be very unwell and it's all the victims of his violence are all women. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, there is this clear thing like this man is a problem and he is a... a very toxic character and it's it seems like there's no consequences for any of his uh actions until the very end when obviously he gets fucking staked to which death. is intense which and is I, intense and I liked yeah that. and it was interesting you know uh, her brother goes in and just yeah. slams the stake tcb uh, man yeah. yeah um but when you had mentioned like in the group chat our the vfmp group chat like it, it's official you, you said uh it was american psycho before it was cool and that was before I'd watched it on Saturday. And that really kind of blew my mind, honestly, because I think you're 100% right. Now, that only helps the movie like after the fact. Right, right, right. right. Um, but I was watching it through that, and I was just like, oh, man, you are 100% right. Yeah. It's just that American Psycho was an actual satire. This movie's not. Right. You know? Um, so it's like with all the problematic stuff, I do get it. But watching it through that veneer of like kind of that American Psycho vibe or whatever, yeah. I think that also helped my enjoyment of it. Yeah. Um, the movie also sense. does have a performance from uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, ESG. They're playing in the club in the opening sequence. Uh, I've uh, always thought it was so cool, like nice little nod to cool underground New York stuff, uh, especially in at the time, you know. And so there are a lot of interesting, cool elements to this movie. Again, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it is like this really interesting snapshot into something that was an interesting concept. And you got these really weird kind of... Uh, unpredictable performances from Nicolas Cage and and we all know and love those performances to a certain degree from him but this is one where it, outside of the movie Deadfall which if you haven't seen right. not good at all uh directed by one of the unknown Coppolas is that the one where he's got the nose yeah and yeah. he he delivers a, por- a performance that is maybe even more unhinged than Vampire's Kiss but that movie is also really bad and so you kind of you kind of see, like, of course, I love Nicolas Cage going wild and off the deep end, but I still think he does need a little bit of direction. Well, let's uh, totally. let's talk let's talk about it then, because like I think we all agree that Nicolas Cage is fascinating 
fascinating to watch. I, mm-hmm. I did like a lot of his performance in this movie. And it's a miracle that movies get finished. So mm-hmm. congratulations. <laughs> uh, but uh, what is your favorite Nicolas Cage performance, Sean? Um, right hon- now. Honestly, if it's, it's kind of a toss-up for me. It's uh, probably Raising Arizona and Mandy. Raising Arizona. Yeah. Okay, very different performances. I know, very different different ends of the of his career, but it's just kind of a testament to me like why Nicolas Cage it does deserve All right, if I was holding a bazooka to the side of your head, favorite one, five, four, three, two, one. Now probably Mandy. There he said sick. it, folks. Robert Jordan Man. Hunt, what is your favorite Nicolas Cage performance? This is fucking tough. No. It's so Answer tough. the goddamn question. Um, is it Ghost Rider 2? Ghost Rider 2 where he pisses <laughs> fire. Um, I forgot about that movie. Fuck, I I love. He's so good in adaptation. Yeah. Um, but probably, I mean, Ray. Fuck. I'm Hurry. just gonna say. I'm just gonna say, Raising Arizona. Raising yeah, that's a great Arizona. choice. It's, yeah. I mean, Coen Brothers and Nicolas Cage, ultimate weirdness coming totally. together in like kind of a perfect way. And obviously, if the Coen Brothers have anything to do with it, it's gonna be yeah. Fucking but good. he's been so good in so many movies. Man. Yeah, like, I think it's crazy. so. Th- and, and another reason why I just really did not like the direction of Vampire's Kiss is because Nicolas Cage is an incredible actor, and yeah. I think that that psychotic energy was best captured in Wild at Heart, which oh, is probably sure. my yeah, favorite sure. performance sure. Totally. of his. It's totally. very focused. That character lives in that world, and it is uh, Nick Cage through and through. Yeah, If totally. you haven't seen Wild at Heart, check it out. Those are all great choices. I think that's for sure. yeah. probably my favorite David Lynch movie, too. Sure. Yeah. It's sure. pretty good. Um, so the reason we were doing this episode is in celebration of, uh, Nick Cage's turn as a vampire once again with the, the vampire Dracula of Renfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were maybe going to cover that movie. We decided vampires kiss, uh, who knows if that was a mistake, um, <laughs> not for me, no, but, uh, we do like our vampire movies over here. What's your favorite vampire movie, Sean? Uh, Dracula dead and loving it. Oh, good Man. pick. I, I like haven't that. seen that one in Leslie so Nielsen. That's right. Well, Mel, Mel Brooks. Brooks. Mel Brooks. No secondary choices. Beautiful. No, okay, so number one all-time favorite vampire. Or am I next? Yeah, Is you that okay? got Can yeah, I go I'm now? I'm looking okay. at you. Jordan, just pause for one second. No, now go. Now? Jordan, I know go. this is an audio medium, but I am holding a loaded gun to <laughs> true. right now. You know what? I'm going to go with Let the Right One In. That's Ooh, a good choice. Yeah, good choice. it's a fantastic movie. The original, I, correct? The original, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I that was the first Blu-ray I ever bought. The Blu- not the, the first re- movie. Remake the remake is good too. But it's good, but it's almost too similar. Yeah, it's it's like almost a shot-for-shot shot remake yeah. with Americans, which I'm um, kind of. Eh. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, if you could be turned that. into a Blu-ray, would you? Yes. Hmm. Then I would live forever. Very good. That's true. We will press your ashes into a Blu-ray and That's, throw it into the ocean. I think That's my <laughs> my favorite vampire movie would probably be Near Dark. Yeah, that's Near a great Dark choice. Um. Uh, it's uh, currently playing on Shutter. It was very hard to see otherwise, but it's for there. a very long time. It's too. out of print. It's out of print. Yeah. yeah, I've got a DVD copy. I've got a VHS um, baby. I like. I like when uh, vampires or Dracula are kind of uh, on the outs. Sure, so like yeah. like on the edge of the world, kind of like yeah, like the end of uh, Interview with a Vampire, that kind of stuff. Totally. Like, I like when they're sort of oh, with the orgy. I love orgies. Mm. Is there Anne an orgy? Rice's vampire orgy? Oh. Um, I just like it when they have that decadence pulled away from totally. them, and, and they're kind totally. of more like monsters. Like Nosferatu, yeah. I think is like my favorite depiction of right. 
of have, a vampire. Have either of y'all ever seen this movie called Innocent Blood? No. It's a vampire I have, movie. I, from... I have a copy of it. Oh, do you? On VHS? Which is, goes after the mob. Sick bastard. Yeah. Yeah, that it's movie's got, wild. Yeah. It's directed by John Landis. Yeah. And like uh, Don Rickles is yeah. in it. And it's Robert like Loggia. Weird... It's, it's like, it's a horror comedy kind of thing. But it's it's... kind of not good. But right. I also, it is uh, worth noting because it is kind of a dark comedy. Yes. And and with all those people involved, it's like pretty bizarre when you're watching it. Yeah. It's it's not great, but it's kind of a fun It's like worth watching at yeah. least. That that's I don't know. Like I like championing that movie because it's just so bizarre. You like weird. John Landis? Uh, as a human, no. <laughs> the murderer? No. John Landis. Is oh, that's your what friend. I liked about him. <laughs> What's your favorite John Landis movie? Uh what are you, he did uh was it Shrek Two? Yep. That was the one. That was the big mm-hmm. one. That was the big one. What an Oscar for that. <laughs> and American Werewolf in London, dude. It's so good. Yeah. That it's is so such good. a good movie. It's one of the great horror comedies of all time. Yes. No, one of the great not. horror movies of all time. Yeah. I agree completely. Uh, the makeup in that, yeah. Maybe the best werewolf movie? I mean, besides I American so. Werewolf in Paris, Paris, which is clearly the sequel, the, uh, yeah. I did watch that recently, actually. It's crazy bad. My, my favorite uh, depiction of a werewolf, though, is in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh yeah, I know exactly that what you're movie talking is about. So fucking good. The uh, werewolf, that, the werewolf in Bram Stoker's Dracula. We're like he's oh. he's he yeah. It's like he's in a wolf type form when he gets so the cool. sister yeah. or whatever the redhead, right? Yeah, yeah not, some not redhead. Not well, not when some not when Nona, not when Nona Ryder. Broad. <laughs> I just know it's not Winona Ryder. <laughs> Um, but man, that like that movie is fucking gorgeous. It's one of the best looking movies ever made. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, it's it's sad that it kind of flopped. Like I wish more it movies didn't, were made like it that. It didn't flop. It's it made money. It just wasn't huge. How much it's did Vampire's it, Kiss make? What was the budget? So how much did it make? It we cost, didn't even talk to it. It cost two million dollars and grossed seven hundred and twenty five thousand. <laughs> yeah, pretty it came rough. out like the same week as I think Batman. Yeah, it just yeah, didn't yeah. have a chance. Yeah, ay, 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 and yeah. Nicolas Cage wasn't that big. Like he was up and coming, but he wasn't that big yet. Right. right. He was he was on the ups, but he was still a lesser known actor. Even though he won an Oscar for no Moonstruck. No, no. Cher won the Oscar. Cher won the okay, excuse but, me. And he wasn't even nominated until Leaving Las Vegas. Okay, he's only been nominated twice: Leaving Las Vegas and Adaptation. Oh, gotcha. That movie is Leaving Las Vegas is very it's good. brutal. Yeah. It's, oh, it's fantastic. I love it. That's Just a, wake up early in the morning, <laughs> 8 nice cup of coffee, yeah. watch Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas, following it up with radio with Cuba Gooding Jr., right? <laughs> oh, God. oh, Jordan. I only say that because one time I woke up and, and it was Simon on. Birch. <laughs> oh, my God. What the hell happened? Let's get the fuck out of here. I- and that's our show. Thanks for sticking around. Keep an eye out for our next episode. And as always, follow us on social media for more bullshit. Very Famous Movie Podcast is a production of Netflix, HBO Max, and Yellowstone. Sound engineering by Rick Rubin and Jared Leto. 